Welcome to everybody here, Big Valley Grace. Welcome to all of you over in the venue over there. Thank you, Brandon, for leading worship and the whole team that's um, serving over there. We sure appreciate all of you, and welcome to all of you that are watching online. Uh, okay, before I get into this, I want everybody to pull out their uh, program here, okay? Pull out your program over there in, in the venue, and I uh, kind of want to walk through a few things. Uh, yesterday, uh, our Thanksgiving reach, which is probably uh, in the top three things that we do around here at Big Valley Grace, I, I absolutely love our Thanksgiving reach. This place was packed with over a thousand people. We had a rally in here yesterday at 10 o'clock, and all the people that were here, we sang a little bit if you were a part of it, and then you got your address of the home that you were going to go to to deliver food. Out at Good Sam, there were, I don't know, at least 200 uh, people out there. Most of them were our students who were the delivery people who were delivering all of the groceries to all of the cars. And about 20, 25 minutes into our rally, it breaks up and everybody leaves and they go get in their cars and it's really organized, unbelievable how this all goes down. And then we delivered all of the food into the cars. And then there were you know hundreds and hundreds of cars driving all over our town uh, delivering food to people that were, um, that were in need. In fact, I met uh, a guy last night, pretty rough guy, and he came up to me and he said, hey, I just wanted to say thank you. I've fallen on some difficult times and uh, somebody just showed up at our door. I don't know how you guys got our name. And all of a sudden there was all this food for us and a big ham and I just wanted to come and say thank you. I'm not a churchgoer. Uh, he was last night. Uh, <laughs> and um, it was just really neat. And you know, here's the deal. You got all of these groceries that are on over 600 homes we went to yesterday. About four people in a home, about 2,400 people. All, so you got all these groceries. You have bread and, and pie and you know, vegetables and whatever's all in all those bags and, and all of that. And every time they look at those, those groceries, when they pull that ham out or turkey out or whatever to, to cook it for Thanksgiving, it's going to remind them that there was somebody that cared about them. It was a reminder to them of God's common grace that he takes care of us even though we may not even believe in them. Inside uh, one of the bags of groceries, we gave every family a, uh, a video, uh, Ray Comfort's uh, Evolution versus Creationism video, and I guarantee you 95% of the people are gonna watch that video. It's fantastic if you've never seen it. And so thank you to all of those who prayed, and I know a lot of you can't drive, you weren't able to drive, you weren't able to be here, but you prayed. And keep praying. Keep praying that those bags of groceries continue to speak, if you, if you will, to those people. Thank you to those of you that drove, or maybe you are part of the delivery crew. Thank you if uh, you, know, you, you, you gave faithfully. Thank you. You can imagine what all those groceries cost. And I'm just glad we were part of it. And what uh, Thanksgiving Reach does is it kind of kicks in to gear a, a different kind of season around here at Big Valley Grace. And I just want to tell you about a couple things that we're doing uh, for this Christmas season. Starting December 1st, 
uh, we have what we call our Christmas challenge. And every day, starting December 1, on our website, you can go there and we have a devotional. And we hope that all of us here at Big Valley Grace would kind of be on the same page. We're going to fill your mind with some scriptures and some thoughts for that day. Uh, day one, on December 1st, the, the, the first thought is, is the three gifts that I often talk about in here. And the, th- the three gifts is just a different way that you might think about doing your Christmas gifts this year for your children and your grandchildren based upon the three gifts that the wise men brought to Christ on that first Christmas. And so each day, it's going to be kind of neat and fun, and so take advantage of it. That starts uh, December uh, 1st. And then we're going to do something really special on December 3rd down at um, uh, the Century. It's a little neat venue downtown. We're going to have a night of worship down there. And uh, it only holds about 400 people. We're going to do two uh, performances there. It's all original music, and it's going to be really special. And you're not going to want to miss it. You have to go online, though, and the tickets are free, but you have to sign up because we only have limited seating. So if you do sign up, please be there. Because if you just go online and I'll take two tickets and you don't show up, then that's two seats from somebody who wanted to come, but we were sold out. And it's going to be a special night downtown. We'll have that place all decorated up. And then Christmas weekend here starts uh, December 17th. It's a Thursday. Then we have a performance on uh, Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And that's always something that's really, really special. And that is where we want you to think about who you're going to bring. It's kind of unfortunate that a lot of churches are getting away from doing things like this at Christmas. And I, I, I kind of know why. It's a lot of work and costs a lot of money and a lot of manpower and all that kind of stuff. But we have decided that it's a great tool, it's an encouragement to believers, but more importantly, it's a way for us to touch the life of, of a lost soul. And so we want you to think about who you're going to bring, what neighbor, what friend, who do you work with, who's in that golfing foursome of yours that you're going to invite. Every, um, every week, God brings to your door a, a mailman. You ever thought about inviting that person? How about the guy that picks up your garbage? Every week, you don't even have to do a thing. God just says, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll have these little guys just come by every day, you know, every week. You ever thought about inviting them? How about the person that cuts your hair, does your nails? You see, if you really think about it, there's all kinds of people out there that we interface with. And we want you to start praying for them, thinking about them, and... Um, and invite him to our, 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 Christmas, uh, our Christmas program. Well, uh, this Thursday, we, uh, we celebrate a national holiday here in America called Thanksgiving. And it's by far my favorite holiday. Now, I, I don't think it's the most important holiday. I don't think it's the weightiest holiday. I, I think Christmas when we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to planet Earth, was born in a little town called Bethlehem, is way more weighty and significant than Thanksgiving. Easter, when we celebrate the fact that Jesus walks out of a 
a tomb and conquers death and offers life to anybody who would put their trust in him. That's way more weighty or significant than thanksgiving. But for me, there's just something really peaceful and relaxing about thanksgiving. Now, next hour, my wife will sit down here and she'll say, yeah, because you don't do anything. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you here. Um, you know, I, I do get to look over and watch her, you know, do all the stuff, you know. And she'll spend a lot of time and energy, you know, hours and hours getting it all ready. And we sit down and, you know, in 35 seconds, <laughs> we're done. But uh, there is something really beautiful, and she would say the same thing about, about Thanksgiving. You have over a few family members, some friends. You sit around, you just en enjoy each other's company, you enjoy a good meal. Uh, there's no gifts, there's, there's none of that. There's just something really relaxing uh, about Thanksgiving. And so what I want to do today is I just maybe want to talk a little bit about being thankful and or more specifically, how we might all be able to express our thanks to God in a greater way, how we might worship him in a greater way, how we might let him know that, um, you know, we love him and we care about him in a, in a greater way. Uh, I entitled the message Thanksgiving, it's in your notes. I, I almost called it Thanksdoing, because we're actually going to do some things in our gathering here. Obviously, there's gonna come a moment when we receive those uh, commitments from all of us that we've been praying about. And uh, I've had a lot of emails, and there's, there's some excitement about that. I know you've been thinking and praying. We're gonna do that in a, a, a little while. But the first thing I wanna just share with you is this. You express your, your thankfulness to God when, when you sing about him or when you sing to him. All throughout the Bible, you cannot miss the fact that God wants us to sing. He wants us to sing to him. He wants us to sing about him. I mean, it's unbelievable all of the references in the scriptures about singing. Psalms 28 says this. Let me give you a little taste, okay? Psalms 28 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I'm helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. Let's say that together. I will give thanks to him in song. Psalms 95 says, Come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs, praise to him. All throughout the Bible, we read things like, like that. Psalms 100 says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. 
And that, that's something we do here every weekend at Big Valley Grace. If you're visiting with us, you know, we got this great choir and orchestra here at nine. Next hour, we got a band. We're doing some music over in the venue. All of our children's ministries have some sort of music. Our youth ministries, all, all the ministries we, we have. Oftentimes over in our prime time, I think Lee is leading music over there. And we just we sing around here. Why, why do we do that? Because the Bible says to come before him, you know, singing with joy. That's why we do it. We, didn't, we don't get together and go, hey, listen, we got 90 minutes. We got to blow some time here, you know. How about, I, I got an idea, what if we sing? No! The reason why we do that is because the Bible tells us over and over and over again that we're to sing, that we're to come before him with, with singing. Psalms 105 says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everybody about his wonderful deeds. Psalms 147 says, praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. One version says it like this, sing out your thanks to him, sing praises to our God. Let me tell you something, if you're here and you don't know a whole lot about Christianity, I want you to understand this, Christianity is a singing faith. You, you, you can't miss that. I have uh, spoke in churches all over our country. I have spoke in churches all over the world. I have been places where there's no electricity. Uh, you're, you're, you're basically you know, meeting in a hut. Um, and I've been the speaker. And you know what there always is? Singing. They're singing. I've been in places where the guy with the guitar, no joke, had one string. That's all he did. And we were singing. All of a sudden, you walk in, and as you're walking in, they don't hand out Bibles, they hand out tambourines. And you've got 30, 40, 50, 100 people in a, you know outdoor thing with goats running through it, and everybody's banging on a, on a tambourine, all out of tune all different beats, and everybody's singing. Now, we don't all sing the same songs. You can go right down the road and find another church, and they're not singing the same songs we're singing. They may sing them in a different style, and everybody may have their, their own favorite songs. Nothing wrong with that. You have your own kind of favorite styles. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm one of these guys that I, I just love all kinds of music, all kinds of music. I wish we had a, a polka uh, venue, man, it's just, just for the polka music. <laughs> Only one venue I wouldn't go to. I, you know, I take that back. There, there is one, one kind of music that just drives me up a wall. That's the bagpipe. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they got one good song, Amazing Grace, and, and then once you get past that one song, I'm not, I, I don't, that'd probably drive me up a wall, but. Christianity's a, 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 a singing faith. It's a singing faith. In fact, let me tell you something that really bums me out. Some people, when, when they come to church here on the weekends, only come for the message. 
They intentionally come late so that they don't have to sing. And I want you to know that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty here, okay? That's not my point in mentioning that. The, the Holy Spirit can, can make you feel guilty, and I hope he does. But anyway, um, that's <laughs> get, that, get that out there. Um, it, it, it's a huge mistake. If you think, hey, listen, I don't want to come, hey, hey, you know, look, you're cheating, you're cheating yourself. There is something powerful about God honoring music. But by the way, there's something powerful about evil music, isn't there? But when you're singing these songs about the Lord, you're singing songs about the scriptures, about the character of God or the promises of God, and you say, hey, listen, I'm not coming for that. I'm only going to come for the message. You're cheating yourself, and more importantly, way more importantly, you're cheating God. He's the one who says, I want you to sing. I want you to sing about me. I want you to sing to me. Listen, if you're, you want to be a healthy Christian, you, you, you can't live on messages alone. You, you, you can't. Why? Because God wants you to sing, and if you don't sing, that means you're not being obedient to God. And there's no way that you can be a healthy Christian if you're in disobedience to God, you see? If God says, I want you to sing, and you say, I'm not going to sing, don't tell me you're a healthy believer. How can you be in disobedience to God and his word and say, well, I'm, you know, man, I got a great relationship with the Lord. Hey, him and I are just fantastic. Oh, I'm disobedient. I get that, but I'm fine. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I can't sing. And I, I want you to know, I'd agree with you. Some of you can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I can be standing there, and I've, over 30 years here at Big Valley Grace, I've had some people behind me who were singing, and it was like, whoa, whoa, man, I, there's, there's a crime being committed behind me, I, you know, I think that guy just got jabbed in the eyeball with a pin or something, because that, that ain't right, man. Some of you are what I might call prison singers, you know, you're always behind a few bars, and, and, <laughs> And you, and you never have the right key, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, hey I, you know, I, I'm not the greatest singer, as some of you might know. Um, but, but here's the good news. Okay, there's good news out there. All God wants you to do is open your mouth and make a joyful noise. That, that's all he wants you to do. That's it. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalms 98, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Obviously, some people have better voices than others. Obviously. But nowhere does the Bible make a distinction. Well, if you got a good voice, then go ahead and sing. And if you don't, then you don't have to sing. Now, God wants us all to sing. Now, I'm very, very thankful for people that have beautiful voices and who can sing. There's something special about somebody who has that, that gift, and God gave you a beautiful tool, darling. Thank God for those folks. But there's no wiggle room in Scripture. We're all called to, 
to, to, to sing. And, and in fact, this is what I, I want us to do, okay? Over in the venue, I want everybody to stand up. I want everybody to stand up in here, okay? And I'm going to ask Pastor Tim to come out, and, and I want us just to make a joyful noise, okay? Now, some of you are going, oh, man, I came late on purpose. Well, guess what? We're going we're, 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 we're to sing again. And, uh, and, and just enjoy this moment. It's something that, that God, you know, wants us to, to, to do. And so, uh, Tim, you, you, you lead us, my friend. He's worthy, isn't he? He's worthy. Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you what, I, I could hear Sam Gibson. Man, that, that just wasn't right. Um, <laughs> Bible says this in Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. And then it says this. He will rejoice over you with singing. That's just an interesting picture, isn't it? Whenever I read that or think about that passage, I'm, I, I think about my wife when our children were little, when they were babies. She would uh, go into their bedroom, and they'd be in their crib. And as I would walk down the hall, I could hear her leaning over the crib singing over them, singing a lullaby or something. And I used to just stand there and go, wow. That's just a beautiful picture of a mother who has such love for her children just singing lullabies over them. And that's the picture here in Zephaniah. That God so loves you, he so cares for you that he just sings over your life over your marriage, over your family. Just a, a beautiful thought. N number two, you express your thankfulness to God or one of the great ways you worship him or you let him know how special he is is, is when you, you pray to him. When you set aside time to talk with him. When there's a devoted moment, a sacred moment, a sanctified moment where nothing else matters, cell phones are turned off, nothing, and you're simply going to talk with him. You're going to pray to him. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. Say that out loud. Don't worry about anything. That's got to be maybe the, the most difficult command in all of the Bible to, to pull off. Don't worry about anything. But the good news is, is God's going to go on and he's going to tell us how we pull it off. Instead, instead of worrying, okay, so instead of doing that, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, God's peace, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Beloved, if you would pray as much as you worry, you'd have a whole lot less to worry about. Isn't that the truth? My, um, I've had a lot of, lot of knee surgeries over the years, 
And uh, there are times when, when my knee just aches. I mean, it, it just, it's just in some major pain. And I got basically two options at that moment. Option one is I just got it out. Yeah, it's, it's the way it is, you know. And I, I'm just going to gut out the pain. I can do that. Or I can take two Tylenol. And in about 20 minutes, you know what? Pain goes away. Now, I, I got one last night. Don't, don't send me any emails telling me how ibuprofen's better than Tylenol. Okay, that, that, <laughs> that, that's not the point of the illustration here. I appreciate you loving me and caring for me and wanting to spare my liver and whatever all that is. I, I, I just, I'm just trying to make a point here that I can gut it out and not worry about it, or I can, I can take a couple Tylenol, and hey, I feel better. And when it comes to you know, worry and all the things that bombard us, and by the way, there, there's a lot of things out there that's troubling in the world, troubling in our lives, troubling in our marriage, troubling in our families and our businesses. I get it. You, you, you got a choice to make when you're all amped up with anxiety. You can gut it out. And then your spouse has to deal with it too. Your kids have to deal with it or your parents have to deal with it when you gut it out, or you can take two Tylenol, or in this case, you can just pray about it. Now the thing about Tylenol is I, I can only take them about every eight hours. When it comes to worry and all the things that bombard our lives, you can, you can pray anytime you want. God says, pray, talk to me, come to me. Let me know. I don't care how many times you come to me. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care how many times a day it is. You come to me. I don't want you to worry. You're one of my children. I don't want my own kids to worry, and I'm an earthly father. My heavenly father doesn't want me to worry. He wants me to come to him with all the stuff. But he makes this little statement in here about being thankful. He wants us to be thankful. There's something about when we're talking to him that we stop and get our minds off of all the stuff that we're worried about and we're thankful about all the things that God has done for us, provided for us. He wants us to engage our minds on things he's done for us. Not just come to him and rattle off all the stuff, but to, to take some time and to be thankful. There's a, a, a great story found in Luke chapter 17 about some men who have leprosy, and it says this in verse 11. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, there were 10 leopards that stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And when I read that story, and even this week as I was reading it and thinking about it, I, I asked myself the question, who am I more like? Am I more like the one guy who was very thankful? Or am I more like the nine? God does all these great things in my life. He's poured out all these blessings on my life. And man, I just, you know, run, go about life again. Never stopping to actually say thank you. Never taking the, the time to do that. And I just want you to think about that. Uh, I know you, 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 you thought about your spouse and your children. Don't think about them right now. I want you to think about you. Who do you tend to be more like? The one or the nine? Are you a thankful person? When God does something unbelievable in your life, do you thank him? Every time you sit down and eat a meal, are you thankful that you have that meal? We went to 600 families yesterday who don't have meals. You thankful for the one you have? When you sit down at a restaurant and eat your dinner, they bring the meal, do you just pause a second just to say, thank you for this meal? You don't have to go to Zimbabwe to find starving people. They're right here in our own town. And you're not one of them, are you? Are you thankful about that? God gave you the gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one of them just to say thank you? Isn't that a great thought? Heard the story about this grandmother. She was watching her, her grandson, and she took him to the beach. The grandson was, I don't know, five, six years old, and out of nowhere, a rogue wave came and swept over the grandchild and sucked him right out to sea. And the grandmother was just distraught, as you can imagine. God, please help me. Oh, God, help, please. God, help me, my grandson. And man, another rogue wave came. And washed that child right up on the beach. He was perfectly fine. And the grandmother said, God, he had a hat. <laughs> and I read that, you know, and I laughed and I was going, <laughs> and I went, wait a minute. Man, do I do that a lot. God just blesses my life. And he blesses my life. And I'm just, I got one more thing, you know. I got the next thing, God. And here we have God in our little passage in Philippians saying, hey, I want you to be thankful. When you pray, when you talk to me, I, I, I want you to be thankful. So this is what I want everybody to do. Everybody reach in front of them, unless you're in the front row. You have to reach behind you. And I want everybody to pull out this communication card. I want you to do that over in the venue, and I want you to do it at home. All of you watching online, just click on the little link there. And I want you to fill it out, you know, put your name on there, and your email address, your phone number, put all the stuff on there that you need to put if you're a first-time guest. We're, 
Like, like I said earlier, man, I'm glad you're here. Mark that little box, okay? And this is what I want you to do down below or on the back side. So take that pen or your own pen or pencil or whatever. And I want you just to have some time to think about all the things that you have to be thankful for. Could be, you know, thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for my children, for my parents, my friends, my job. I got food to eat. I got clothes to wear. I have a roof over my head. Thank you for the scriptures that I would know you, God. Thank you for my salvation, for church. Well, I just literally, something happens when you write something. And I'm just going to give you some time. I just want you to think about it. I want you to compile a list on this card. This is a moment for you just to think, engage your mind about all the things that the Lord has done for you. Okay, and write, write, write them on this card. Get, I'm going to give you a, a minute or so. All right. Some of you are visiting and you're thinking to yourself, man, what, this church is weird. They actually make you do things. Imagine that. You, you got something very valuable in your hands. And, and I realize some of you may be visiting and you're thinking, I, I don't, no one tells me what to do, man. I didn't write out a list, man. I'm not going to do that. You got something super valuable in your hands, and this is what I want you to do. The Bible says that we're not just to be hearers of the word, we're to be doers of the word. Hearing truth is easy. Coming to church and hearing a message or hearing about scripture is easy. It just blows an hour of your life. It's actually doing what the word says. That's the hard part. That's when your life is actually transformed, not by sitting in here just listening to me talk. It's when you actually say, you know what? That's the man that God raised up to be the pastor of this church. I'm going to follow his instructions. I'm going to actually do what he says. Then you might see your life start to change. And this is what we're going to do. If you're physically able, just slip down to your knees. Don't ask God for a thing. Just begin to thank him for this list. Just have a quiet moment with the Lord and just do what the scriptures say. And you pray and you thank him and enjoy this moment. While you're just quiet before the Lord, I do want to pray maybe for those of you that are here who are, you're facing something major right now. Maybe there's a health crisis in your life. They found a mass on, a, on an x-ray or a lump where there's not supposed to be a lump. Maybe you're experiencing a crisis in your, in your marriage or one of your teenagers has gone sideways or maybe you're your, your dad has gone sideways. Maybe there's something going on in your business 
And, and you need December to be an unbelievable month. You've got to close some deals, man. Otherwise, you don't know if you're going to be able to make your, your payroll. Maybe you're here and you want to get pregnant, you know, you're, you're married, and for whatever reason, you haven't been able to get pregnant, or I, I don't know what it is. There's something major in your life. This is what I want you to do. Just, just right where you're at, just stand up that I would know who you are. I'm going to pray for you. Just stand up if you're here. Something major going on in your life. And you would say, hey, w w would you pray for, for me? I'm sure there might be some over in the venue. And you know what? I don't know. If you're watching at home, stand up. Father, thank you for all of these that are standing. And I don't know what's going on in our life. It's not important that I know. I don't, I don't fix anybody's life. But I know you do, God. And you invite me when I pray to be thankful and I just spend some time, Lord, thanking you. But you also tell me I can pray and I can bring my request to you. And I'm praying for these dear people, these brothers and sisters in the Lord. I, I don't know what's going on in their life, Lord, but you do. And I'm asking God that maybe, maybe there's a lot of miracles standing up in this room or standing up over in the venue or at home right now. Maybe, God, you're, you're just waiting to, to do something unbelievable in all of these situations. And while these people wait on you, God, may the peace of Jesus Christ fill them. And not, not, not the peace that the world offers, that's so bogus and temporal, but your peace. You were known as the Prince of Peace. You gave your... Self, the name Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. And would you be the peace that these people need as they wait for you to show up in the midst of this circumstance, whatever it is in their lives. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, everybody grab your seats again. Okay, everybody grab their seats. Um... Number three, number three. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I, I, this week I'm sitting in my office and got my yellow pad out, and I do this every now and again, but I just began to, uh, I set aside some time and I said, Lord, help me. Uh, I'm getting older, I can't remember all the things I used to remember. I got my humanity I have to deal with. Would you recall to my mind the, all the things I need to be thankful for? And so, you know, you, you begin by the basic, yeah, thanks for my wife and my kids and blah, blah, blah. You're kind of going through this list. And what was interesting was uh, after about 15 minutes, you, you, you start to see everything. And you begin to recognize that everything you have is a gift from the Lord. And all of a sudden, you, you just kind of stop and go, whoa, whoa, this list literally could be everything. Yeah, yeah, it could be everything. And you're just overwhelmed when you take some time like that with, wow, all of a sudden, all the problems of the world, hey, hey this is pretty good. It, it's amazing how being thankful 
can just change so many things. Okay, number three, you express your thankfulness to God. You're, you, you let him know how much you love him, how much you care for him when you give to him. Proverbs chapter three says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. This, this is the Lord speaking. And he says, hey, you honor me, you worship me, you let me know how much you really do care about me when you honor me with a piece of your wealth. And, and then God, because he knows us, says, now, now, with the first part, in other words, God didn't want the leftovers, God doesn't want you to, you know, make your car payment, your house payment, MID, PG&E, whatever, go out and buy groceries, and then, you know, buy shoes and a new CD and go on vacation. He, he, and then, oh, hey, here's kind of what I got left over, God. <laughs> no woman in this room wants a gift from their husband that comes from that attitude. Here's kind of what I got left over, honey. You're special, you know. You know, here you go. Man, think about it when you were engaged, you get married, you were young, making eight bucks an hour, man, but you had a woman, right? And you went down to the jewelry store with nothing in your pocket, but you knew she was worth it. She was worth it. This is going to be your woman. You didn't put this ring on. And man, you did all that you could, man, to get the best. Didn't you? She was worth it. That's what it's supposed to be, by the way. It's that same kind of attitude when it comes to the Lord. Hey, look. You give me a gift first. Then you, then you do all the rest of the stuff. And you may get to the end and go, oh, man, I can't afford those jeans I wanted to buy this month. Or I can't afford those, that new CD I wanted this month. Or, That's okay. You do without the jeans this month. You do without that CD this month. You just honor me with the first part of it. Give me the first part. Now, when it comes to worshiping the Lord through your giving, I, I think that there's one, there's a lot, but let, let, let me give you one important passage that I think we all kind of need to wrestle around with, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul is writing, and he's, he's uh, talking about this particular church, and he says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. And, and let me just quickly kind of just give you four thoughts as it relates to, 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 to giving. Number one, you just give what you can. He said, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able. There's nothing... You know, God has made this moment where we worship him and honor him and thank him for all that he's done pretty simple for us. You just give what you can. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up. 
That makes sense. My, my wife and I, we've sat down, and I know what my check is every two weeks, and we've made a decision. Here's what we're going to give, and we set that money aside, and, and, and on one of the three you know, gatherings that we have here, we set it aside, and we just, we just give it. That's what we do. We've thought about it. We've engaged our minds. It's just consistent. It's what we're able to give. And uh, we use our offering envelopes. And some of you don't even have offering envelopes. You need to. Don't, don't use the ones that are here. Order them, and they come. It makes it kind of easy for us. There's a number on the offering envelope. It just makes it easy to kind of track it. And at the end of the year, it makes it easier just to get you your little report that tells you you can turn in for your taxes and all, all that kind of stuff. Plus, they sit there, you know, and my wife's the one who does all of the bills and stuff in our home, and they're just right there on the desk, and she just knows, okay, i got to make my offering. We're going to honor the Lord with the first part of what God has given us. And we struggle, you know, with things just like anybody else. Uh, 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 you know, our washing machine just went out, and it'd be easy to go, well, you know what, I'm just, why don't we just d divert, you know, it to get the new washing machine? No, I'm not doing that. We know what we're going to give to the Lord. We've set it aside. So you give what you can. And then number two, got to think about giving sacrificially. It says here on the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money and keep them with his income. Uh, or, or, or he says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able. That was verse one. Verse two says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. And that, that's an interesting thought. And here was this group of, of people, and they gave what they were able, but then they went, you know what? This is such an important work. It's such an important cause, the greatest cause on the planet, that there was a, a sacrifice to it. King David said this in 2 Samuel chapter 24, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that, that cost me nothing. You see, there's this idea that he is, he's worth a sacrifice. He, he's worth it. When you think about all that he's done for us, there's this great passage on sacrificial giving found in Mark chapter 12. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. That, that's an interesting thought. Jesus is, is at the church, if you will, and he's watching people give. He's watching them. Many rich people put in large amounts, and a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part out of their surplus, but she, uh, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. He brings the guys over and he, he, he gives us an, an interesting little thought here. He wasn't saying that the, those large amounts of money weren't you know, didn't count or whatever. He's just simply saying, hey guys, I want you to understand something. Don't look at the size of the gift. Don't look at where the commas are on the check. Look at this. I want you to see this. That woman has honored me, not with the first fruits, but with everything. Everything. I have the feeling, and I don't know this to be true, 
I have the feeling that that woman was taken care of, don't you think? Do you think God made sure somebody showed up and made sure that gal had everything she probably needed for food that week or that month or whatever? And then last, or, or number three, you know, give with joy. It says, for I testified that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They just, there was joy about it. Nobody had to force them to do anything. They wanted to. They, they wanted to be a part of this. And then number four, give us a privilege, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. I mean, here was a group of people, man, they got up on the, in the morning, and man, they could hardly wait to get there to honor the Lord with their gifts. Give what you can, give sacrificially, you know, give with joy, give as a privilege, and, and all of that. Why? Why does God want us to do this? Well, let me give you a couple thoughts. God wants you to give because wherever you give your money or your wealth to, that's where your heart's gonna be also. And God wants your, your heart to be with him. The Bible says this in, in Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, for where your treasure is, where your wallet is, where your checkbook is, where you put your wealth, that's where your heart's gonna go. He doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your checkbook goes. He doesn't say that. What he said was, where you put your money, where you put your wealth, that's where your heart goes. One of the reasons why I know that this is a church who has a great heart for God is because I see how generous you are. It's one of those signs that just tells me that this is a, you know, you, you love Jesus. You, you love the Lord. Why? Because you're generous. You're just generous. You know, this principle is true. I, I, I used an illustration like this before, but how many of you are familiar with a company called Workday? Okay, Robert, Robert, knows, Robert knows all. Robert knows all. Okay, one, maybe two, maybe three of you. Workday's a, a company, my brother-in-law, Aaron's brother, was one of the first 19 employees. He got to be at the NASDAQ the day that company went public and he was up on the, uh, you know, up on the trading floor thing. They got a picture of him up there and the, the company went public and you can probably guess what happened to my brother-in-law's life at that moment when the company went public. But here's the deal. The reason why none of you in here really know about Workday is because you have nothing invested in them, in the company. So you don't know about it, you don't care about it. But if I had you go home and you were all to write a $10,000 check and you bought $10,000 worth of shares in Workday, let me just tell you something. Monday morning, as soon as the paper got there, you'd open it up, right? How's Workday doing? Is it up? Is it down? Why? Because you got money there now. Wherever you put your money, that's where this goes, and you put money in Workday, you put money in some stock, I guarantee you, you're gonna care a whole lot about that stock, how it does, because that's where your money is. And the same thing is true as it relates to the church. You don't put anything 
towards what God's doing here at Big Valley Grace. You know what? I don't care what you tell me. Your heart's not here. It's not here. According to what Jesus said. And number two, God wants you to give because whenever you give your money to God, it just teaches you to keep him first in your life. Deuteronomy 14 says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. There's something about the moment that little black, you know, green bag goes by and you put your offering in there that helps you revere him, love him, worship him, say thanks to him. There's a, there's a lot tied up in that moment. Now, I want you to know, especially those of you that are new to the church, or maybe you're visiting with us, I have nothing really to, to when that little black or green bag goes by, or whatever color it is, I, I, don't, I don't do anything with it. There's a whole team of people that will gather it up, and it goes into a safe, and then they take that money and, and count it, and it's counted by a whole lot of lay people. Some of you are in this room, and they get together, and obviously somebody's counting it, I don't know who gives what. I don't know. I don't see any of that data. I'm not kidding you. I do not know what anybody in this church gives. I don't know. Obviously, somebody has to know. There has to be a handful of people who know. Otherwise, you'd never get your little statements at the end of the year. I, my signature doesn't mean a thing around here. I can't sign on any checks. I have put a firewall between me and the finances of this church, the money of this church. It's bigger than any other you know, church on the planet. I, I, just, I just want to be able to say, you know what? I got good people that oversee it, and I don't have to see it, touch it, or have anything to do with it. I can't write a check around this place. What you put into that little green basket doesn't impact me. I don't, I don't get a percentage of it. I'm not on commission. Just want you to know. That's not how it works, because some of you don't know. Some of you think, well, man, no wonder he always does this every week. You know, he gets a cut. No, I don't get a cut, okay? And we don't do this moment because somehow God needs the money. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need it. We do this because God tells us to do it, and God tells us why. It's for your benefit, See, it, it, something happens in your life and in my life when we just honor the, the, the Lord with our, our wealth. Now, in, in just a moment, our ushers are, are going to come forward and our greeters, and we're going to sing a song, and we're going to put our gifts in there. But also, if you've been a part of our family, we've been talking about phase one. We've got to replace that 17,000 square feet of dilapidated buildings out there. We want to build a new building, but we've got phase one. We've got to get through 3.2 million dollars is the first phase. All of the leaders of the church, the elders and the pastors and the school board and all of that, we've already made our pledges and that came to 1.2 million. So we need about $2 million. And today we asked you to bring your commitment. Now, some of you are so excited about it, you've already sent yours in and praise the Lord for that. Um, but this is the moment where you've, you know, as an individual or as a couple, you've sat down and said, here's what our commitment's gonna be over the next three years. And we'll take all this in, and we know that not everybody's here this weekend, and we'll get them next weekend, and we'll put it all together, and in a couple weeks, we'll let you know kind of where we're at. 
And uh, we're just trusting the Lord, and we're just going to walk through this thing debt-free and just see how we might get it all, all done. So I, I want everybody to pull out their, their special gifts. I'm going to ask our, our hosts and hostesses to come forward. And um, somebody asked me last night, Pastor Rick, it, in, in December, I normally give a very large gift to the general fund. Um, should I put that towards... The Imagine by Faith campaign. And I said, no. If you typically give a large gift, you just need to give that to the regular finances of the church because we've kind of budgeted on it. This is over and above what you would typically typically do. So everybody's got their, their pledges or your offering or whatever. Father, thank you, Lord, for this moment as we um, give thanks by giving you a gift and I'm really grateful, Lord, for the generosity of the people here at Big Valley Grace. Unbelievable. And because of their generosity, we're able to do a lot of really, really great things for the kingdom here, God. But once again, I have challenged them to be, um, to be generous. <laughs> again, bless these gifts, Lord. Thank you for those that are giving them. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. And last but not least, um, you express your thankfulness to God. You worship him. You let him know how much you care about him when you share a testimony about him. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 12, praise the Lord and worship him. Tell everyone what he has done and how great he is. Deuteronomy chapter 4 says, Watch out, be careful never to forget what you yourselves have seen. Don't let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. Here's the deal. You have a, a story about God and how God has worked in your life or your family or your business and if you don't tell somebody else that story, then how does anybody know? And one of the great ways you say, God, I love you, God, I, I worship you, thank you, God, is when you tell somebody else your story. And we're going to do that on Wednesday here at Big Valley Grace. Wednesday is... Uh, kind of in our rhythm of life around this place. Uh, we have a, a gathering here, it starts at seven o'clock. It's about an hour long, and for at least 30 minutes, we'll have microphones in here. And it's a chance for you to come to a microphone. And obviously, we want you to pare it down. You know, well, when I was in first grade, and then second grade, and you know, third grade, and you know, and you're going, oh man, they're, they're 60. And in fourth grade, and then I'm a senior year in college, you know, you, you want to pare it down and, and you just come and you share. Hey, here's what God's been doing in my life, my family, my marriage. I'm just so thankful for how God's worked in my life. And you just share. We'll sing a few songs and all that kind of stuff, but you want to be here Wednesday night. There's something really powerful about that. And for those of you that are introverts and you're thinking, man, there's, there's no way. There's no way I can do that. You ought to come here anyway and just listen to how God's been working. But you need to find a moment. Could be around the Thanksgiving table. 
with your family there and your friends there, people you know, and just say, hey, listen, before we chow down on this food, I just want everybody to know how God's been faithful to me. And in that context, you share what God's been doing in your life so that everybody else knows. See, one of the sad things is, is that in this room, or over in the venue and online, there, there's thousands of stories of how God's been working. And none of us know them. But you know them. And one of the great ways you express your thanks to God is when you share a testimony about him. And that's Wednesday night here from 7 to 8 o'clock, okay? Everybody in the venue stand up. Everybody in here stand up. Father, I, I want to thank you, God, for your goodness to us, Lord. You're good, you're good, you're good, and your hand has been on Big Valley Grace for a long, long, long time. I'm so thankful for the people of this church who love you deeply. And because they love you, it shows up in their love for the church. It shows up in how they serve around this place. It, it shows up in, in how they give. It just shows up in all these unbelievable ways here, Lord. Father, I pray that Thursday as we gather around tables, and maybe it's at our own homes, maybe it's at a friend's or another family member's homes, and we're all there kind of together. It may be a really great time. May that be a, a sweet, sweet time, God. And Father, I pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, Lord, Lord bless you.